بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدع وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear respected brothers sisters elders the topic of my khutbah today is costly grace costly grace there was a protestant minister priest at the time of hitler called dietrich bonhoeffer who opposed hitler and paid for that with his life he wrote an essay called costly grace and in that essay he said divine grace which we call the fadl of allah he said divine grace is something that we must pay for we take it for granted we feel we are entitled to it we don't even stop to express gratitude to the one who blessed us with it and that is why we don't appreciate it and so we don't benefit from it as much as we can do let me repeat that i think that's a very important statement and applies may allah protect us illa mashallah to every single one of us he says that divine grace the fadl of allah is something that we must pay for we take it for granted we feel we are entitled to it we don't even stop to express gratitude to the one who blessed us with it and that is why we don't appreciate it and so we don't benefit from it as much as we can do how true are his words that speak to us today almost 100 years later I seek your indulgence to change the title from costly grace to valuable grace. And that is because for me cost is something you pay and see as a net loss. It went, you got nothing in return. You paid the price but you didn't get the value that you paid for. You're not happy with the deal. When we use terms like at any cost what did it cost you these are all have negative connotations on the other hand say when you pay for a 
you pay $10 for a Chinese bowl in a thrift shop and then you get it cleaned up and discover that it is original Ming pottery from the 5th century and Sotheby offers you $100,000 for it. Do you call what you paid costly or do you call it a bargain and valuable? You paid 10 bucks and you're going to get 100000 That 10 bucks was costly or was it the best deal that you ever had in your life? So that's why I define costly as something that is not worth the price and valuable as something which is a bargain and worth far more than what you paid for it. Today we are here in the house of Allah. Is this a cost or is it a bargain? Do we even think about that? And your and my answer will depend on how we experience what we are getting out of it. If I offer you bumper, tic- bumper stickers, I would rather be fishing, I would rather be golfing or something instead of being here. And don't worry about the Sharia aspect of it. It is Jumu'ah and so on. Forget that. Just being in the masjid. Instead of, I would rather be fishing, golfing, what not. Right? Would you take those stickers? Think about it. Why would you take them or why would you not take them? I submit to you that one of the biggest and most costly casualties in our modern lives is the opportunity to reflect. Most of us do not even know what that means or how to do it. We know that we must sit in silence and switch off our babies, the phones, and then what? We have lost our connection with our Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla and so we lost ourselves. And that's why the epidemic of our times is not COVID, but mental illness, depression, despair, and suicide. When you are desperate and you feel you have nowhere to go, what do you do? I ask myself and you, what is the grace of Allah worth to us? And what are we willing to pay for it? It's a serious question. What is it worth to us? And what are we willing to pay for it? And that depends on what we think we get out of it. Recently, I was private to an email because I'm a chaplain in a couple of universities here. I was private to an email from the student body of one of the very old American universities, over 100 years old, to their chaplain about their commencement, demanding that the invocation and benediction which is the invocation is dua and benediction is the blessing at the end, must be eliminated, removed both of these from the ceremony and that the name of God must not be mentioned in the commencement or the commencement address. They said, take God out of this. Now remember, this is America. In God we trust is printed on the dollar bill. And the first amendment begins with that. So what happened? What happened to the society when we weren't, we weren't looking? When I was growing up, we were warned 
never to use four letter words in polite society looks like that's now down to three three letter words g o d and then it will be down to two and one me and i and that is what we are seeing now i still feel the pain when i think of that email i remember thinking to myself what must allah subhanahu wa taala be saying about people to whom even his name is not acceptable <coughs> these are the people whose backs are breaking under the epidemic of mental illness yet who refuse the only solution that works and that is remembrance of allah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said ala bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub he said verily in the remembrance of allah is the is peace of mind is peace of the qalb so question is do we want to cure our troubles or not and if we want to cure our troubles then what's the problem with remembering allah we talk about searching for allah <coughs> people say i'm searching for god allah mawal hamtulale he said khizr kyun kar bataye kya bataye khizr kyun kar bataye kya bataye agar mahi kahe darya kaha he said even khizr alayhi salam great wise man what can he say and what should he say even khizr what can he say and what should he say if the fish is asking where is the water if the fish is asking where is the river the fish is in the river is asking where is the river? he says what can khizr say say to that fish today we live in a world that is poised on the brink of the cliff of impending disaster there are five matters that are of deep concern to me number 1 the rise of religious fundamentalism and that's a pan religious phenomenon all religions have become fundamentalists all religions have become extremists number 2 the rise of populism i must be popular no matter what no matter in which way we judge ourselves based on facebook likes and similar things number 3 the rise of the rise of narcissism self praise always my face and this is in our leaders and this is in us the electorate number 4 the loss of values which is much worse than the clash of values in a clash of values both have values the loss of values nobody has values And number five, the loss of morality, which is much worse than immorality, because immorality is much worse than immorality. A, sub, a person being immoral knows he is doing wrong. A person who is immoral has not even doesn't even have that understanding that he is doing anything wrong. This is natural. Together, this has created a society that is almost devoid of compassion and justice. When justice and compassion disappear await the end the solution is to connect with the one to whom is our return and to whom we must account for the life that he gave us this is the reality and like all realities it doesn't depend on belief 
for its existence. Doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, that is the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمُ الْحَقِّ He said, that is the day of truth. فَمَنْ شَاءَ اتَّخَذَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِ مَآبَةً He said, let the one who wishes to make a way to his Rabb, let him do it. My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us Ramadan. For what? Allah told us, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ السِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ السِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Oh, you believe fasting has been prescribed upon you as it was prescribed for those before you so that you may become muttaqoon. People were conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their lives. Taqwa. What is taqwa? Taqwa is the awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives. And the desire and the constant concern to please Him Jalla Jalaluhu because we love Him the most. It's not the fear of Allah. It is the fear of displeasing the one we love the most. Anyone who loves someone will do whatever it takes to ensure that their beloved is never displeased with them. The more the love, the more the fear of doing something that the beloved may not like. Such a person is not thinking minimalistically. They are not thinking of which boxes I need to tick and I am good. They're not saying to themselves about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their relationship, let me do the least possible, tick the box, bare minimum. Make sure that I remain in the fold of Islam, at least one foot inside, the other foot can be outside. They're not thinking like that. But like all great experiences, love cannot be explained. I can't give you a lecture on love. You have to feel it. And until you feel it, you will never know. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد قال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يسلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد I told you that love cannot be explained it has to be known it has to be experienced so what does it mean to know I don't mean the words <coughs> I mean to know deep in the heart that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with me. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with me, His nur, His light illuminates every corner of my heart and being. And all the darkness of sadness and regret and fear and despair and hatred and anger will disappear. They are driven out. I march through life with a smile on my face to a tune that only I can hear in my heart. Others may wonder why I look so happy, but when on the surface of it, they and I are in the same boat. But you know, as I said, experience cannot be explained. It must be lived and tasted and felt. Because it is experience, not explanation, that changes us. It is experience, not explanation, that leaves behind memories 
that console and support us and illuminate the path on the cold, dark nights when we think we are alone. And so I remind myself when you learn to love Allah. My brothers and sisters, well, how can you love someone you don't know? Uh, is it possible? Can you love someone you don't know? No. And again, when I say no, I don't mean about or know about. I mean no. There's a big difference. There's a huge difference. It can begin with knowing about, but it must grow to knowing deep in the core of our beings. It means being connected in a way that only you can understand. And this is what creates peace and confidence in the heart, which is the real cure for loneliness and depression and despair. So who is our creator? Who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And nobody can introduce Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way he introduced himself. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum La ta'khuduhu sinatun wa la nawm Lahu ma fi s-samawati wa ma fi l-ard Man dha al-lazhi yashfa'u indahu illa bi-idhnih Ya'alamu ma bayna aydihim wa ma khalfahum وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءٍ وَسِعَ كُرْسِيُّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَا يَوْضُهُ حِفْظُهُمَا وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله والله أكبر الله أكبر وللله الحمد هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق الباري المسبر له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله وحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla who introduced himself, the ayat which I decided for you, I will not translate, you know the translations. Those of you who don't know them, find them. The first was ayat al-Kursi, the second was the last ayat of Surah al-Hashr, and the last of course as we know, Surah al-Ikhlas. These are, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduced himself in many other places, but these are some of the most beautiful, some of the most powerful introductions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this still is about Allah. It is still not knowing Allah. Knowing Allah is a level ahead of this. 
inside. What does the word Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does Allah do to my heart? That is what we need to strive for. We recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his ayat in the Quran, Al-Kareem, and we recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his creation. He created the ruby-throated hummingbird. They are here now, in mass. Look for them. It has a red throat. The ruby-throated hummingbird. When I first saw, when I saw this the first time in the Amazonian rainforest, you know, on the bank of the Burbis River in Guyana, I thought it was a moth. Because it was buzzing and it was going back and forth. It would go into the, put it big into a flower and come back. And I said, birds don't fly in rivers. So what kind of bird is this? This little bird, the male weighs three grams. Three grams. And the female is about four grams. Bit heavier. To give you a perspective, one teaspoon of sugar weighs five grams. So the ruby-throated hummingbird is less, weighs less than a teaspoon of sugar. Now this little bird migrates from the Amazonian rainforest to the bank of the Mississippi River. From South America to the United States, bank of the Mississippi River. Part of that migration route is across the Gulf of Mexico. That is 500 miles of open ocean. That bird takes 26 hours to cross 500 miles. Continuous flight. What does that mean? It means when the sun rises, the bird takes off from the southern shore of the Gulf of Mexico. And as the sun is rising, this bird is flying. Little bird that big. As the sun is at its zenith, the bird is flying. As the sun is setting, the bird is flying. Through the night, the bird is flying. No stars, no moon. The bird is flying. It doesn't lose energy. It doesn't lose direction. And two hours into the new day, this little bird lands on the north shore of the Gulf of Mexico in the United States without a visa. Eh? This bird beats its wings. Hold your breath. It beats its wings at 8,000 RPM. 8,000 RPM. What is the kind of energy we are talking about there? And it doesn't do it once. It's doing that every time it's flying. 500 miles. Eh? You got people here who think they are fit, right? <laughs> Walk 500 miles and show me. Crawl 500 miles and show me. Here's a little bird. It flies 500 miles. It's not a water bird. If it lands in the water, it's fish food. It's gone. Khalas. Think about that. In the dark night, who even knows this bird exists? So why does Allah make it do it? It's not one bird. It's all of them. We don't even know how many. And they have been doing that from the time Allah created them. They're still doing it and they will keep doing it until Allah wants to stop them. Why? 
so that we understand the tafsir of the ayah. أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا إِلَى الطَّيْرِ فَوْقَهُمْ صَافَّاتٍ وَيَقْبِذٍ مَا يُمْسِكُهُنَّ إِلَّا الرَّحْمَانِ إِنَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ بَصِيرٌ Allah says, don't they look? Don't they see the birds flying? Who is holding them up? إِلَّا الرَّحْمَانِ Except الرَّحْمَانِ Huh? I remind myself and you. I remind myself and you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us eyes and ears and He gave us comprehension and He gave us knowledge and He gave us education for a purpose. And that purpose is only one. And that is to recognize Him. And to acknowledge Him. And to worship Him. And to live our lives in a way, when we meet him, we will not regret that day. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to take control of us and to guide us and to protect us and to ensure that we never do anything which is displeasing to him. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove all the false fears which make us disobey Him and indulge in haram, whether it is earning or eating or whatever. Shaitan tells us, if you, unless you do this, you will starve. La hawla wa la quwwata illa Look at that bird. Three grams. If your Rabb and my Rabb has the power to feed that little bird, to take it from the Amazonian rainforest all the way up here, Allah doesn't need to do that. Allah can give it food where it is. After all, the rest of the year it's living there. There is food. And we think that Allah can't feed us unless we do haram. Unless we, unless we buy and sell haram, unless we have interest-based businesses, unless we lie and cheat, huh? please, this religion is not about coming and doing some yoga in the name of namaz. It's not. Stand up, bend down, go to the, stand up, bend down. This is not salah. This is yoga. Exercise. Huh? <laughs> Salah is to anta'bud Allah ka anna ka tara. Anta'bud Allah ka anna ka tara. Fa'illam takum tara fa'innahu yarak. To worship Allah as you can, as if you can see him and you don't see him but you know he sees you. How come aqala alayhi salatu wa salam? Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us salah like this. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to connect us to him. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to please him and to be pleased with us. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cover our faults with his mercy and his grace. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is sattarul uyub, he is ghaffarul dhunub. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show us his khudra and his mercy and his, and, and, and his great patience and his generosity in our lives, inshallah. 
ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأورار ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وفينا هذا منظر آمين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحال الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكروا الله يذكركم عذعوا يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم السلام